0: Hey Hope Family, welcome to another Hope Daily. We will continue our look at Ezra and Nehemiah today with some verses in Ezra 1, 3, and 6. But first, have you ever been away from home for an extended period of time? Whether it was a work trip, a missions trip, a visiting a friend or family, or vacation, being away from home can be varying degrees of difficult. We all probably have a list of things we miss when we are away from home. When you get back home, What are some of the first things that you do? If you were away solo, you may want to just hug your family or reconnect with close friends. If you were in a different region or country altogether, you may want to hit up your favorite coffee place or grab a Wawa hoagie. If you're a homebody, you may just want to feel the sweet, warm embrace of your own bed and the cool side of your own pillow. But what you do first says something, right? It indicates what is most important to you. It's what you missed most, and either consciously or subconsciously, it's what you've prioritized. The first six chapters of Ezra are all about the tribes of Judah, Benjamin, and Levites returning home. This is the first time they've been back at home in 50 years, and it's safe to assume for many of them this was their first time home at all. They were either very young when they were exiled or were born into captivity in a land that wasn't their own and had only heard stories of their home. The choices made by these returning from exile as they seek to rebuild their temple, city, and its walls will be a window into what they, as a people, find to be most important. Let's start with Ezra 1.6. It's a bit of an aside from my main point, but I think it's worth it nonetheless. There we read, all their neighbors assisted them with articles of silver and gold, with goods and livestock, and with valuable gifts in addition to all the free will offerings. What does that sound like? Haven't we read something like that before? This is very much a callback from Exodus. The editor of Ezra wants you to feel like this is a new Exodus. The Exodus story would obviously inspire hope and would build expectations for what is about to happen as these people return to their homeland it does that for the reader and for those who experienced it i'm sure it did the same but also rooted them to their past a reminder to them of who god was and what he was about to do chapter two is a list of all the people who came back to jerusalem so we'll pick up in chapter three reading verses one through six when the seventh month came and the israelites had settled in their towns the people assembled together as one in jerusalem Then Joshua, son of Josedach, and his fellow priest, and Zerubbabel, son of Shealtiel, and his associates began to build the altar of the God of Israel to sacrifice burnt offerings on it in accordance with what is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Despite their fear of the people around them, they built the altar on its foundation and sacrifice burnt offerings on it to the Lord, both the morning and evening sacrifices. Then, in accordance with what is written, they celebrated the festival of tabernacles with the required number of burnt offerings prescribed for each day. After that, they presented the regular burnt offerings, the new moon sacrifices, and the sacrifices for all the appointed sacred festivals of the Lord, as well as those brought as free will offerings to the Lord. On the first day of the seventh month, they began to offer burnt offerings to the Lord, though the foundation of the Lord's temple had not yet been laid. Then, briefly, we'll read from chapter 6, verses 19 through 22. On the fourteenth day of the first month, the exiles celebrated the Passover. The priests and Levites had purified themselves and were all ceremonially clean. The Levites slaughtered the Passover lamb for all the exiles, for their relatives, the priests, and for themselves. So the Israelites who had returned from the exile ate it, together with all who had separated themselves from the unclean practices of their Gentile neighbors, in order to seek the Lord, the God of Israel. For seven days they celebrated with joy the festival of unleavened bread, because the Lord had filled them with joy by changing the attitude of the king of Assyria, so that he assisted them in the work on the house of God, the God of Israel. What's the first thing these tribes do when they return? They re-established the sacrificial system and their festivals. The Feast of Booths Tabernacles was a seven-day feast to remember God's providence for the people as they came out of Egypt. So again, their current circumstances are being tied together with their exodus out of Egypt, seen again in chapter six as they celebrate Passover. I think another key aspect to all of this is that they were doing it together, that their sacrificial system, their, this was a way of worship and it was a communal form of worship. For 50 years, they've been in captivity. Perhaps some relic of the sacrificial system existed, but surely they were not able to worship together like they were now in Jerusalem. And even before they were taken by the Babylonians, their kings had divided the people, and some worshipped other gods. But now they could come and start afresh and anew. No longer did they have a private religion, but they could come together, remembering all God had done for their ancestors, acknowledge all that God was doing now, and give thanks together. Last summer I went through Ezra and Nehemiah with the Wednesday night Bible study, and Fresher on our minds, though I'm sure you can still remember, were the lockdown orders from 2020, where we spent three months unable to worship in person. Technology definitely helped us bridge a gap. Phone calls and FaceTimes and car parades were fun and helpful. But once we were allowed back, what did we do? We jumped at the chance. For some, there were hurdles, understandably. But as an institution, we knew the value of being together. We took precautions and encouraged others to do the same, but we knew that we were meant to worship together. The Israelites recognize that as well. They also recognize the importance of being rooted to their past. Take time today to thank God for the ways he's worked in your past and make it a point to worship in person, certainly by being at church on Sunday, but make it more personal than that. Share with someone this Sunday or throughout the week what God has been doing in your life. Pray for one another. Having the ability to do this often obscures its importance. But as we see from these Israelites, it was of utmost priority. It should be for us as well.